<laughs> so here we are and uh, as always all your ear spoon podcasts are brought to you by the fine fine folks that brew up some uh, wicked awesome really cool fine java java juice known as mocha joes <laughs> hooray hooray all right let's get right into it um so here's the thing here's where i want to start and and then we can just jump off and, and talk about yeah. this and and really kind of try to boil it down to it. Uh, all right. So the 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 president I know and we know to be a fucktard, and and that's a clinical thing that we can get into a little later on. Jesus Christ. <laughs> right. No, far from it. But uh, <laughs> self-proclaimed, maybe, but definitely not Jesus Christ. Um, anyway, so he's hiding in a bunker somewhere while while the world that in which he created burns. Fine. All right. But you and I look through the world in a in a pretty uh, pretty clear white lens. It doesn't have a whole lot of blemishes on it, and uh, that's the that that's our view uh, yep. of of the world through uh, you know. Through 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 a white guy lens, and and to be a to be a white male in America um, affords you a uh, shall we shall we use another clinical term shitload of uh, opportunity <laughs> and Latin, and right? privilege. Yes, it is. It is definitely Latin. Um, and this all comes on the heels of a cop kneeling on the back of a black man's neck. Until he yep. screamed out for his mother, and died. Yeah, and it, I, I saw somebody eloquently say, "Until I can't." It's Killer Mike, who said, uh, "Who screamed out for his mother, who's already dead?" You know, what this man is, is seeing his life close with this guy on his neck for nine minutes, staring like a ghoul, taking joy from it, while three other police officers watch this occur. What is in your heart that allows that to be a reality? I don't, you know, I don't know. And then the some taunting about to get having him get up and get into the car. Yeah, uh, I don't, I don't understand the mindset. No. Uh, I have since seen interviews with the chief of police. Yeah. Of of uh, of, of of Minneapolis, and yes. and he is. It seems as though. Um, horribly confused as to how this happens on his watch. And let me back up and say that the fact that this man still had a job is yep. amazing. Yep. But this also speaks to a union problem a little bit. Yep. And, uh, you know, and I just, I just want to, I am, I, I am, uh, I'm, I'm for the worker. I'm for why the unions were formed. Yep. I think that unions still, in large part, do the right thing when they don't, until they don't. Until they don't. And this is one of those instances. A man with 18 violations yeah. is Jesus. still working. 
Well, not to, I don't want to hone in too much on the specific story because it really is just the next iteration of a mm -hmm. horrible hundreds years old abuse story. But that said, we've also seen, you know, I saw a, a, a different angle from a new video that they were beating the crap out of that guy in the back seat of that cruiser before they pulled him out onto the ground and, and leaned on his neck. So there's a lot of, and let's also acknowledge, there's some discussion as to whether this police officer, I use the term loosely, and uh, and George Floyd knew each other from working at a bar together. And is there some sort of premeditation that occurred here? Again, the details of this specific incident are not really the focus, although that needs to be ex to be discussed in right. great detail. But the larger issue is what I am really sort of jazzed about, and I mean this gently because I recognize that there's destruction and, and hard parts of the, all of this is, but at long last enough 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 cities are exploding with people who have had enough in the middle of a pandemic i think it is the rightest thing ever right now and i frankly think that if it comes out of this particular incident so be it but let's remember flando castile which is years ago now was also in minnesota a man in his own car doing everything right and shot because an officer feared for his life I'm sorry, but this is way worse than that. And it's about time that this is going to become the spark, the catalyst mm -hmm. for not just change about police violence. And that's where it begins. And that's this should be the first focus. But we're now reconsidering all kinds of truths. And to get back to what you said, I think police unions should be illegal. You know, I, I don't know that they should be illegal, but they should fall into the same standards that we expect of that uniform. You know, yeah. um, our very own chief of police in the town that we live in, and we are, and, and both Steve and I are in agreement, we are fortunate to have this oh, man yeah. run, the running. name is Mike Fitzgerald, Gunny Fitzgerald, is, is we are so, I mean, again, I, I'm sure he and I would disagree about a lot of things. He's a conservative guy. He's a he's a Marine. I was going to say ex-Marine, but you don't say that. No. He's a Marine. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, and I've worked with him, we've worked with him in context of Groundworks and trying to get things right. But he comes to the people and says, what do we need to do here? Here are the laws. How can I help? Right. And that is, and now I'm seeing all around the country, certain police departments are going out with the protesters and taking off their masks and putting down their clubs and kneeling with people. Yep. Because that's the right response. That is the right response. But what we're getting in major cities is the peaceful people protesting police violence are getting what? Police violence, for God's sake. You know, you know there, there comes a point, and and so here's I will I, I will defend to a, a certain degree that there are always there's you've heard me talk about my five percent rule, yeah right basically five percent of our population shouldn't be a part of our population, and you bring <laughs> and you break that down a, into into workforce rules five percent of the people who are podcasting uh, shouldn't be podcasting. <laughs> It I know ninety five percent there, buddy. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe, uh, but you know, five percent of the police officers shouldn't be police officers because they're no goddamn good at it. You're and, damn right. And I will not. I refuse to cast a blanket over every person who puts on a blue uniform and label them bad. Same for me. It's an important distinction. But let's also say this: that conversation comes up a lot. You know a lot of police officers. I know police officers. And the ones that I know, I think very highly of. But all of that is who's not reporting these assholes. They know that they are trouble. 
they know that they are disturbed. They know that they are racist. They know that they are evil. On some, I don't like that term, but they are executing. They're making bad choices. And so for, for, for it to work right, the so-called good cops need to call that shit out, and they're just not. Right. And the other problem that I have is that how long it took them to charge this officer and then <laughs> the charges that they made. And, the, right. and, and as of today, June 1st, the other three officers, to the best of my knowledge, unless something has happened prior to us jumping on the, on, on the podcast here, right. have still not been charged. That's correct. And let's also acknowledge the charges came the day after the third precinct burned to the ground. Right. So I'm not a fan of violence. I'm not a fan of destruction. But I will say the language of violence, as Martin Luther King called it, uh, is effective and it affects the conversation. So the next day that mm -hmm. man is charged with what will hopefully be upgraded to a, different, a higher level of murder charge. But it, this is a start. It has to be. And they have to charge the other... The, the the other three buffoons who just idly sat by and watched while this guy for eight to nine minutes right. kneeling on the back of a guy and just not have some sort of something inside of you that says to go up and tap him on going, you need to stop right now. You need to, yeah. you need to get off that man's neck. Yeah. So that's the thing. Like what's going on in your heart, in your mind, in your whatever you are that you can passively participate in that and watch it occur in front of your own eyes like and you know let's also remember this man wasn't charged for like you know swinging a machete in a right. mall yeah we're talking about a, a bill that he may or may not know know that he had right exactly right so what and how does this escalate to that level of violence and you watch it and he's like what what's going on how am i and i'm telling you especially since this has begun you know this phase has begun when you see some of these stories and some of these videos of young black men especially being approached and harassed and provoked into violence or attacked for resisting when there is no resistance, it is, if it was one or two, you'd be like, oh, well, you know, things happen. But it is just profuse. And so this is said by a couple of white guys in Vermont we are talking about this. We don't have to and never have had to live that level of concern nope. looking over your shoulder. Never had to wonder when you go somewhere. I never had to have a conversation with my white son. Here's what you do if you get arrested. Here's what you do if you get stopped. It is just nauseating, and it's hundreds of years <laughs> old. And now this conversation has come to fruition, and it's happening. And the American public, even if they don't like their targets being looted, better get the hell over it and have this conversation. And white people need to show up and ask how can I be a better accomplice to what it is you're trying to do here? Exactly. It falls on the shoulders of me and you. Those, those, because when, when black America tries to go out and make a difference, somebody leans on the back of their neck. Damn right. So this is going to fall onto the white faces that have a conscience, that will step forward that and i'm not saying you know what you, you want to hop on your computer great hop on your computer write a letter write a letter to your chief of police L write a letter to your select board to your mayor yeah. to your aldermans to whoever and just say you know what from this day forward we will be watching because the number one thing that stops a crime are witnesses to right. that crime. All right. <laughs> right. And if you think that just a small, even though it doesn't make sense to me that this guy would lean on the back of this guy's neck 
uh, you know, for eight to nine minutes and, and what with his hand stuffed in his pocket and now he's on suicide watch. You know what? Let me be the first one to hand him some shoelaces and a belt. Okay. He's on suicide watch? That was that something reason? that I'd seen um, earlier. I hadn't had a chance to vet it to see if he's on suicide watch or not. But I right, do the right thing. That would be fine with me. I don't care. Go away. No. Go go die. But again, that won't solve the, the systemic truth. Right. We also know, let's be clear. And again, I want to state this so it's very clear. My father was a military policeman in, in Korea. I've known police officers throughout my life. Uh, you and I both know some, uh, you know, uh, some of the same people, and I know some state troopers. And these are, without exception, some exceptional human beings, exactly the people mm-hmm. you want to be doing law enforcement because they give a shit. Right. We also know that the f- police departments, both locally, sheriff's departments and state troopers, are, are flooded with white nationalist racist Nazi bastards. And they are out there patrolling. A lot of them are coming back from uh, Afghanistan and Iraq, you know, and being told, you know, well, you, you need a job, don't you? And so they're looking at American citizens, particularly black citizens, as the enemy. And there are t- you know, this militarization of the police is not something we can skip past. You remember when I was doing my radio show years ago, we were talking about during the Bush era, the, the, um, the militarization of the police. And we can get SWAT or uh, uh, what do they call them? Humvees yeah. for, for police <clears throat> departments. But, you know, oh, there's not enough masks for, for people working on COVID-19. You know, it's like, <laughs> God, what have we done? Oh, we, lo- we, love to, we, we love to invest in our might and our will, right? We love to invest in that. Uh, you know, to protection, bah, not so much, you know. <laughs> know. <laughs> but this militarization, this mindset that says people that you're not protecting and serving, you're at war with the citizenry. That's different. So now Trump is talking about deploying the National Guard in Minnesota in violation of the Posse Comitatus Act, which you can thank Barack Obama for watering down. Uh, Posse Comitatus says, or posse as people say, uh, is says that the U.S. military cannot be deployed on U.S. soil against its own citizenry. That's a freaking constitutional truth. Oh, and- you, you and your constitution. That's adorable. <laughs> I know. I know. This uh. is where we're at. But this is what I'm saying. Like this, and you and I, you back when this began three and a half years ago, well, frankly, before that, mm-hmm. uh, we were talking about. Um, oh damn, we were talking about. Uh, 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 I lost my train of thought. Uh, it's gone. Oh, I hate when. Oh, that you know, I got it. I got okay, it. Okay, like, it's back. <laughs> sorry. See, I told you, you can't drink before we go on the air. I know. I know. I really. Well, I should drink throughout. Is what it is. Uh, <laughs> uh, but like I, we were saying, and 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 called you know dramatic and and uh, over the top. Like Trump is a fascist. Mm-hmm. He is going to in the four these four years move the country towards chaos and authoritarian rule. Mm-hmm. Uh, so here we are in you know pre summer of 2020. Cities are burning. Trump is in the bunker of the White House with the lights out. People are furious there is violence in the streets although that is a minor portion of what's happening and the country is shut down a pandemic record unemployment etc i'm sorry i'm sorry but if this is great again (laughs) right yeah is this yeah this is we're not great again we're 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 an absolute we are the laughing stock of the world and right and 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 this is and and this I don't even want to get into it. What what we should do is we should talk about about what we can do. 
Let's right? do that. As as white men and white women on this planet. And I think it's really simple to send out letters. I think that's if that's the only yep. thing that you can do is write a letter and write a letter to everybody. All right. You you write you know, you, you write a letter to all your local state senators within your local districts. You write your select board, you write your mayor, you write your alderman, you write you write the town manager, you write the chief of police, uh, you write the lieutenant of the, of the of the department, whoever is second and third command, and then you move out to to your uh, <clears throat> to to your local executive. You write the governor, you write the lieutenant governor, you write anybody in the state house, and and then and then you go to your folks who represent you inside the Beltway, and now it's one clear and concise message: we will not right. tolerate this anymore. Right, and especially people in the majority. We white folks have got to, got to, got to use and leverage our white privilege to make this work. And let's also acknowledge that, you know, again, as is the ear spoon, uh, that sharp point that goes into the center is this oppression of black people and is this murderous uh, approach to policing. But this is intersectional in so many ways. There's so many ways the American public has been screwed mm-hmm. hard for a lot of years around a lot of things. And we can talk about economics. We can talk about sexual preference. We can talk about all the things. The intersectionality that Cornell West was talking about the other night on an interview with, I think, the white-haired dude on CNN, whatever it is, Anderson Cooper. Right. Uh, uh, and Cornell West, I can't believe he's got a, a, a a forum on CNN, which is great. But, you know, he's a pretty straightforward socialist who's saying, like, you know, this is refreshing to see old, young, you know, tall, short, you know, black, white, Latino, every kind of person showing up at these things. And again, the mainstream media wants you to think it's all about the violence and it's all about the looting. That's just a fringe of what's happening. Right. Not again, again, 5% rule. Right. You know, only the 5% that we get to see are the 5% that keep us glued to CNN, to Fox, right. to MSNBC, whatever whatever, whatever flickering light of choice you right. choose. Right. So right. we want, you know, we want to see this. I, I literally watch my wife reduced to tears every night about what's happening on the TV. And, uh-huh. like, you know, and, and then and then we fa- I found it. I found a picture of cops kneeling. Right. Yeah, you know, I love that. And and it literally reduced me to tears going, yeah, that's fucking it. That's how you stop it. Because at the end of the day, they have yeah. wives and, and kids that they want to go home to. They strip off their do- they strip off their day job uniform and they become yeah. civilians. And at the end of the day, a good human being is just that. Doesn't matter what you do for your job. A good human being is a good human being. And to take a knee right. in solidarity. You know, what I saw another clip of of a uh, uh, in in Atlanta, Georgia, of of cops walking right down the protesting line, saying, "We agree with you. We stand yeah, with right. you." You know, and it, it's not that we don't need to see the aggression and the violence and these looters who are just opportunistic and and are just you know I I don't understand that mentality. And again, I will argue that that's only five percent of the population. Ninety five percent of this population does not want that population to exist. Oh, I have to agree, you know, and they so, but again, this, these are questions we have. How do we live amongst each other when there are so many, you know, core differences between us, philosophically, morally, otherwise? And, you know, we seek to, to compromise. I was just in this, involved in this thread conversation. It was kind of heartbreaking. 
because some you know racist comment uh but like you know the, the question is like how do we get along and like you know this person's suggesting to me like well we have to respect everyone's opinion about things and like no we don't no no we don't Mm-mm. not a racist <clears throat> asshole i'm sorry no i don't respect that i'm not going to ever respect that well he's got his he's entitled to his opinion too great have him mutter it to himself in the shower Right. Yeah, exactly. You know, keep keep, keep it in the dark corners and the recesses of, of these things and do not bring it out. I mean, my, my, if my opinion was that all children should die, how would you feel about that? And I'm sorry to put that out there. It's an awful <laughs> thing to say, and I don't mean it, first and foremost. But if that were my opinion, how well, com- I respect that. Yeah. I respect that, Fish, because you have your, you're entitled to your opinion, mm-hmm. and we, we just all want to get along. Yeah, and, and that may be true, and I understand the segment, I understand the sentiment, rather, and I also understand that it comes from such a deep, deep place of privilege that you don't yeah. know any fucking better. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's it, And that's what it does come from. So if your child is a, the subject of or dead from police violence or scared or you're having to teach your child, here's what you do, here's how you, you show yourself as not a threat, hands on the wheel, Da, 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 da. Like, if you've never had to have that experience Mm-mm. and you're going to start white splaining other people, well, you know, we really, I don't know why everybody's so mad. <laughs> like, here's your chance to shut the fuck up. Like, you know, yeah. shut up somebody. and fucking learn something. The adults are talking. Yeah. But ask a black person, what is the best response for me as a white person right now? How am I most useful to the black community right now? I have privilege. Use it. I want to help you. Ask the question. Don't right. say like, I think you people, you shouldn't be so angry. Gosh. You know, it's like, oh, my God, I just want to. Anyway. Right. And may you live your entire life. May you live your entire life of white privilege without anybody ever putting a fucking knee on the back of your fucking neck. Right. So you have to utter your mother's name over and over again and the sentence, I can't breathe. May that no, never fucking happen to you. No kidding. No kidding. And that's where it's at. And so how do you... Ex- anyway, so the, I, I'm with you in this, then that we... The question is being asked. I mean, God knows in the middle of a pandemic, we're being asked some core questions. I mean it when I say, while it feels like turbulence, while it feels like a lot of crazy, this is the, a moment I've been looking forward to for 30 years. This is a white-hot moment where everything becomes molten and then will reform and crystallize into something different if we ask and answer the questions correctly, if we know what the questions are. So in this moment, we have more than a little opportunity to say, hey, this part of our us being together isn't working. The policing thing, it's not fucking working, people. It's not okay to be sending former soldiers into our streets equipped with... I mean, each one of these guys in riot gear, <clears throat> imagine what the cost of that is and <clears throat> what that would have looked like in New York City as protective gear during a freaking pandemic. So we dedicate our treasure to military, to, you know, to God knows what some of these major city police departments are pulling in for budgets and so forth. But like, you were, this is not serve and protect at all by any stretch of the imagination so now is the time to redefine 1968 this is so similar to 1968 where the country was being asked which way do you want to go right you know and now we're being asked that as well what's happened 
Martin Luther King, Bobby Kennedy. Lots went on in 1968. This is a very similar, but not same, but very similar trajectory. We're being asked hard questions, and we're moving towards an election, just like in 68, in Chicago, da, da, da. So here's a moment for us to say, I want to answer this differently, but I don't really want to give any room for racists and for the for the the standard guard, which will I will purposefully avoid talking about Joe Biden. So, so listen, here's the deal. I, you know, you you can you can purposefully we won't talk about Joe Biden. I know how you feel about Joe Biden. Um, the but my resolve for Joe Biden becomes more and more stronger every time. Every time, and, and maybe for all the wrong, misguided reasons, and we've talked about this, we're all trying to fix the car mm-hmm. while it's moving and trying to get a nation to understand uh, the urgency behind it. And I'm sorry, but we just, as a nation, do not have the comprehension skills it takes to execute that right now. All right, yep. everything takes time to deploy and all of these things. So right now, here's what we need to do. We need to address what happened first, finally, and and and, and hopefully never have it again. And the best way for that to do is just to put the world on notice that every single white fucking face out there is going to be woke and paying the fuck attention to what's yep. going on. We control 67% of the population in the United States is white or identifies as white. If we could get half of those people, just half of those people to say, oh, yeah, no, we see you. We see you. And this will not happen again. Think of, right. the, think of the change and how quickly all of a sudden everybody would fall into line. And, and again, as we often like to do, uh, to turn everything into an action step. You know, we can talk and, and rant and scream and, fo- and and post on Facebook and Twitter and what have you, but you've got to turn it into an action. I agree. Not everybody's going to be showing up for marches. Not everybody's going to be, you know, li- doing the heavy lifting. But do something, whatever that something is. And, and let me turn yep. people on to, if you go, there's a Google document called Anti-Racism Resources for White People, which is a great starting point. It'll branch out to other things. But if you truly want to lean in and use your privilege and your leverage, Start somewhere and start discovering ways you can be effective. There's a ton of it out there. That's just a a starting point. But I would encourage anybody listening to really start to educate yourselves. I I can't believe how more educated I am than 10 years ago about racial issues in this country. I'd like to think of myself 10 years ago pretty pretty you know hip to what was happening. But I've learned a lot from some local folks for sure, and from stuff I've read online. And I am you know I am fully signed on to being a, a white accomplice. Uh, to people, uh, the, anybody who's oppressed, but in particular the black community right now. Yep. What was the, uh, what's that meme that's been going around about uh, everybody who answers Black Lives Matter with uh, with All Lives Matter says, you know, all, you know, all houses matter. So if the right. fire department comes under, they dust all the ones are just the one that's on fucking fire. Right. right. You know. <laughs> It's like, I don't get why this is such a difficult mental gymnastics. Oh, you know what? It's because nobody wants to deal with it because it's too heavy to pick up. And if you start to pick it up, if you commit to picking it up, you're in it. And then I'm sorry, but we all need to be in it. When they first put out the Black Lives Matter phrase, if they had tacked on the word to, T-O-O, at the end of it, we wouldn't have had to have this, have this conversation. But it is healthy to have this conversation because people, who on earth is saying, no, black, they're not saying, no one's saying Black Lives Matter more than yours. Like, for God's sake, what are you, six? I know. You know? Uh, it's ridiculous. But listen, so I mean, let's just leave it there. It's just yes, important. Sir. It's important for every white face to get involved and to recognize and to let everybody know that we will we will begin 
to to not tolerate this anymore. And yeah. you know, I mean, I would like to think that if I saw a situation like that, I would I would literally be going like into a green Hulk rage to stop an asshole cop right. from doing that. All right. right. And right. and it becomes this it becomes this fine line of vigilantism, and I'm not we're not advocating for that. We're just advocating that you know when it happened, and that you will you you will you will rile the people, you will get them on your side, and this will eventually we can shove it back into the recess, recesses of of the in, in into the dark spots again, so we don't have to look at it anymore because it's uncomfortable right. to look at. Right on. Well, this is an uncomfortable moment, and good things come out of shit like this. So I hope you know. so. All right. Well, we'll leave it there, sir. Yeah, I can't <laughs> wait for the day where we're standing too close to one another again in this tiny little closet. Have <laughs> a shower, will you? Jesus. <laughs> All right. That's going to do it for us. That's been the Year Spoon brought to you by Mocha Joe's. I've been Fish. And I've been Steve the whole time. All right, man. Take care of yourself. This is the Ear Spoon with Fish and Steve. Ooh, wow.